0: Wherever you're tuning in from, uh, you, you heard the announcement, and we're excited about uh, this weekend uh, across all our campuses. We're going to be super safe, and we're going to get to see you, so uh, we're all just really looking forward to it. So tonight, I have the privilege, the honor to just, uh, stand here and just bring the Word uh, to you. And I was uh, uh, asked by Pastor Carl just to complete the study on Proverbs 14 that he and I began last week. It was a very good conversation as we went back and forth and, uh, and covered a couple of things. Uh, but there's so much in these Proverbs that it's, it's really hard to get through everything all at once. So I'm going to be wrapping up this uh, chapter here this evening uh, with you. So let's go to the Lord in prayer one more time. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence we sense and, uh, and we just love you. We exalt you and, and you've prepared our hearts to receive your word. And I just pray, Father, that you would help me to communicate your word exactly the way you want me to do that. Help me to say what you want me to say and do what you want me to do. And help us all just to uh, walk out uh, of this moment together just uh, encouraged and, uh, and, and with uh, some growth taking place in our lives. Uh, thank you for your people that are tuning in right now, and, and uh, we're all yours. And this is all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So once again, thanks for being there. So I'm just going to jump right into it here. Last week, uh, one of the subjects that Pastor and I uh, touched on was uh, leaving an inheritance, and Pastor really uh, touched on this uh, to uh, to quite a bit of an extent here, as he as he uh, we talked about Proverbs 13:22, that said, "A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous." And Pastor uh, did a great job just talking uh, about some of those things, those those practical things like uh, making sure you have life insurance and uh, and your will and just all those uh, end-of-life decisions and things written out somewhere so that there is a smooth transition. Your transition is going to be smooth the day that you go on to be with the Lord if you know him. Uh, but for those that are left behind, this type of thing can be uh, real tricky and it can be uncomfortable, especially if we don't take care of those things. So uh pastor did, uh, did a great job just sharing that. The, the other side I wanted to share, uh, the other side of that I wanted to share with you was uh, that an inheritance, the inheritance that we leave our children, uh, an inheritance we leave our children is, that is more valuable than, than money and, and things and property is the inheritance that we leave them of knowledge and wisdom. Uh, a way of living uh, as unto the Lord, acknowledging him in our lives. And that kind of wisdom and discernment uh, will go on for eternity. As I I read and as we've mentioned over the last several weeks uh, about Proverbs, Solomon is uh, the one here that is really speaking most of these uh, lessons on wisdom and, and discernment and knowing how to live life to the fullest. He's the one that is, uh, speaking to these young men, which were uh, going to be leaders, and uh, he's speaking to them out of divine inspiration, and he sees before him uh, just the future of Israel, the future, the future uh, leaders and and men that were going to be leading the country once once he was gone, and I can see why Solomon uh, in in his studies, he's, he's repetitive uh, uh, quite a bit in these Proverbs with these young men. And, and I, I couldn't help but to think, here's the wisest man, wisest man that has ever existed. The Word tells us that, that he asked for understanding to be able to lead the people of Israel well. And because he asked for that instead of riches and wealth and, and honor and long life, God... Uh, gave him uh, wisdom and discernment in abundance to overflow, and the word actually tells us that there has been no man like Solomon uh, since the days that he was alive. So he was the wisest man that that lived in history, and I can see him as, and he's had so much experience in life, and. Uh, and, and has so much understanding as far as how things work and the wisdom that God has provided but here I see this desperation from Solomon as he's speaking to these young men it's almost like it's hit him that that the only thing that is really going to last for eternity is the knowledge and the wisdom that he passes on same thing goes for you and I same thing goes for you and I what what our legacy that we leave is, is, our, is our, uh, our example, is what the life that we've spoken into people around us, our children, our grandchildren, and so forth. And, and what's interesting is this, that knowledge and wisdom that he is passing on, the fear of the Lord is where it all begins. And we touched that uh, on that uh, subject last week, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord. It's a major theme in Proverbs 14, the fear of the Lord and the control of self. So I'm going to be touching on a couple of these things here. So again, what is the fear of the Lord? Just to recap a little bit, the fear of the Lord is, is holy reverence uh, a holy, loving respect of a heavenly father uh, acknowledging a creator and, and un- us understanding that, that he, is, he is the creator of all things and that we're here because of his grace and his mercy. And, and the fear of God, it, uh, it brings wisdom and discernment. It also brings humility. It should humble us to understand, to know that there is a God in heaven. That if he so chose, he could wipe us off the face of the earth. But he, that's not him. He's, he is love. He chose to send his son and make a way that you and I can be a relationship with him forever. That's the, that's the loving father that he is. And, and having a fear of God is, is a holy reverent fear as a child to, his, to a father. Proverbs 16, 6 says this, And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. So the fear of the Lord, it brings a lot of benefits. Um, and one of those benefits is that it causes, it should cause us to resist and depart from evil. Uh, you know, when Christ went to the cross on Calvary, he, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And he, and he defeated the power of sin and broke the curse of sin off of our lives. And so we acknowledge him when we walk in him and acknowledge him as Lord, now sin has no power over us. We get to choose whether it's going to have power over us, whether we submit to that or we submit to a heavenly father that loves us. The fear of the Lord causes a person to resist and depart from evil. Look at Proverbs 19.23. It says, The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. Well, let's stop right there. The fear of the Lord leads to life. There's one thing in just living life day to day. But there's a whole other thing when we are living this life and we're uh, exi- excited about being here and uh, taking advantage of, of the moments of every sunrise and every sunset that he's given us. There's a big difference uh, between just being alive and, and living life, this scripture says, "The fear of the Lord leads to life. He who has it will abide in satisfaction." And I touched on that last week a little bit, as abiding in satisfaction. Wow, there's 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 a lot of people in society that are just never satisfied there, and that's the issue that that they're not satisfied when there's an insatiable desire for more and more and more. It, that monster will not ever get full. But we can abide in satisfaction. What is satisfaction? That all our basic needs are met. Food, shelter, and clothes on our back. We, that, that's, all our, that's our basic needs being met. And to be satisfied in where we are, there's, the great gain comes with contentment and, and, and being happy with what the Lord has given us. So, satisfaction, all basic needs met. Now, this is the other uh, main point uh, from last week's notes and that I'm bringing today, and that's trusting God more than we even trust ourselves. Proverbs 14 12 says this there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Well, this verse really presents quite a challenge for every person because there's always that tendency. For us to lean on our own understanding, to be faced with some kind of challenge and us try to immediately try to figure out how we're going to get through this. How, how, how am I going to fix this problem? How, what am I going to do here? There's that tendency to, to lean towards our own understanding and we all, to some extent or another, we were all living like this before we came into knowledge and relationship with God we were making decisions based on what we knew uh we weren't uh basing our decisions and going to the lord with all uh the 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 needs and the requests and the uh direction for direction we weren't doing that not all of us have you ever made a decision that it ended up costing you a whole lot more than what you ever thought you'd pay for that it, it may have cost you finances or maybe it cost you emotional, uh, a lot of emotional pain, or uh, just anguish, mental anguish over a decision that was made that you didn't go to the Lord first and say, Father, what, what do you want me to do with this? I think we can all find ourselves at some point having made a decision that we didn't go to God first on, and it ended up costing us. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Well, I've got to share one of those moments for me. It happened many, many years ago now, uh, thank God, but I was just in a season of just, just struggling with certain things, and, and just, uh, and I got in, in my mind this desire for a sports car, and it was a specific kind of sports car, I don't know where this thought came from. It didn't come from God, and I def- definitely didn't go to him and say, Heavenly Father, uh, what do you think about this idea? Because I know what the answer would have been. He would have looked at me with love in his eyes and said, I know. Uh, so here, I've got a picture of what this, this this car was. And yeah, so it was a BMW. It was, it was sweet, okay? Uh, but this was, this was a man idea not a god idea i mean i just had this desire for this vehicle and and uh i just i don't know if i was intrigued by the lines or the low profile or whatever it was about this uh, car uh i don't know if it was the german engineering that kind of made me get excited about it i don't know all i can tell you was this it got deep within me that i wanted this car and i didn't pray and I didn't go to the father and ask him about it. I just went and did it. And um, it wasn't the greatest idea because, first of all, I couldn't afford that car. It was a foolish, foolish idea. And anyways, now I, was, I had bought the car and I'm in the car. And I, I found out a problem with these vehicles. The problem with this vehicle, and let me stop by saying this. If you're a tither and you're a giver and you're honoring the Lord with your finances, I believe God wants you to have good things. So don't feel guilty if you have a nice car, if you're prioritizing his kingdom with your finances. Now, now I bought the car, I'm in the car, and the problem with the car was it sits kind of low on the ground, and you really can't see the road in front of the car in front of you. So you just had to always kind of be in front of the cars in front of you. So I I'm trying to put it really nicely, I just drove it kind of hard and fast. <laughs> and, uh, and it was a sports car, and uh, I just had to be in front so I can see, so I, I drove it that way. Well, six months into this vehicle, um, I take it in for some routine uh, work to get done, just like an old change or something. And uh, the mechanic comes out and says, hey, I just want to let you know you need uh, four new tires. I was like, what? I just bought this vehicle. What do you mean I need four new tires? And he's like, well, you just bought the vehicle? I'm like, yeah, it's not even six months old. And, and he's like, okay, well, are, are you driving it aggressively? I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, are you taking corners kind of fast? I'm like, yeah. He goes, are you kind of like being zippy with it? I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, that's what happens. So I'm sitting here now. I'm like, I need four tires for this thing. So I start to look and the type of tire it took and all this, it was about $250, almost $300 per tire. So now I was looking at a $1,200 expense uh, for something that I shouldn't have even had in the first place. Sometimes our decisions that we make uh, and we don't count him on that deci- in on that decision, it costs us a whole lot more than, than what we ever wanted to pay. Now I, I finally got rid of that vehicle and, and I learned my lesson well and I you know since I was talking about cars, I was like, "You know what? I might as well show them my my, uh, my new luxurious uh, whip. so I've got a picture of that one, and it's a minivan. Yes, I am happy about A box on wheels. It's cool. It's what we need right now. (laughs) With our kids and being able to throw everything in there, I'm thankful uh, for my vehicle. That we did pray about, and uh, we got a really good deal. But the whole point is, sometimes our decisions, when we don't go to the Lord first, it costs us a whole lot more. costs us a whole lot more. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Now, I love this verse. It's one of, my, one of my favorite verses in Scripture. And I just want to break it down a little bit for you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not a portion of your heart, not 10% of your heart. The Father is saying here, trust in the Lord with all your heart. All of it. Lean not on your own understanding. You know, when we lean up on something, we're kind of trusting in that thing to hold us up. So you're leaning, you're kind of relaxing and trusting that that thing that you're leaning on is going to give you some support. The word is telling us here, lean not on your own understanding. Don't put too much weight on your own carnal, fleshly understanding of things. Because it's not going to hold us up. God knows things that we don't know. He can see down the road farther than what we can ever see. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all our ways, acknowledge him. Well, how many ways are there? Well, there's a lot of ways. I, as a as a, I'm a follower of Christ, I want God to, to lead me in that path that I've taken. I want him, I want to acknowledge him in in my way of being a father, and a husband, and a, and a pastor, and a, a neighbor, and a citizen. I want to acknowledge him in every role of my life. We should be acknowledging him. That's what the scripture says. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he'll direct your paths. Now, he might not give you uh, the whole scenario at the, at the very beginning. He may not show you A through Z. He may show you step A and step B and step C and step D, but his, his ways are not our ways. He shall direct your paths. And sometimes when, when he speaks to us and the way that he directs our paths, they're not always going to make, make sense to us. We're not going to understand it. I've got to tell you uh, this story about one of the missionaries that we support here uh, at Faith. We support like 800-plus missionaries, and one of those missionaries actually attends Michigan Street, and she's a lay missionary, really. She works here several months out of the year, and then she goes to Nigeria to go and minister and to do her missions work. She came out of a Muslim background, God Saved her delivered her and now she wants to spread the love of Christ with everybody. So she would go periodically to Nigeria and, uh, and And just go and to the villages of where she grew up in and And just be a part of the people so one day she tells me this story one day She's there at the little community center area and there's nothing to do there but people just come there to gather and just be with each other and she was praying and seeking God, and, and she's like, God, what, what do you want me to do here? What am I, what, what do you want me to do? Uh, how do I start this? How do I start sharing uh, the good news with people? So the Lord speaks to her and says, uh, do you see those four plastic chairs right there in front of you? And there in that community center, there was a few chairs. And she's like, yes. And She tells this story as that the Lord said, take those four chairs and just line them up right in the front of the room. So now she's like, what are you doing? Okay. And she starts, she walks and she takes the four chairs and she lines them up. And within moments, four little children came and sat in the chairs. And she's like, now what do I do? And he's like, teach them. Talk to them. So she started teaching them the alphabet and teaching them one, two, three songs and teaching them how God loves the little children and started teaching them these, just these little songs. And the parents there were just excited and happy that somebody was engaging with their children. So here, she just obeyed. She didn't know what, what was going on, but she obeyed. Let me tell you, you, fast forward. Now that ministry is actually two different schools in Nigeria that the Lord has used her to build a couple of uh, buildings. And now it's like 60, 70, 80 children that are coming to this, uh, to this ministry, to this, these places. And they're just hearing, they're being taught uh, educational things. And, and in the midst of all that, they're being taught about the love of Christ and, Uh, And how Jesus saves. It all started with God saying, take four chairs and put them right there. Makes no sense whatsoever. But God knew and she obeyed. So proud of her and what she's doing. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And verse 8 says, it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Well, I've got just enough time to finish this one last point that I'm going to make with you. This last thing is found in Proverbs fourteen seventeen: A quick-tempered man acts foolishly, and a man of wicked intentions is hated. A quick-tempered, that word, those two words, quick-tempered, means uh, volatile. You know, the first recorded sin of mankind that we see uh, recorded in the Word is disobedience, Adam and Eve. We know that. The second was murder, and that was Cain and Abel. Cain became angry at Abel for doing the right thing, by the way, and reacted out of impulse, out of a quick temper. He got angry, and he slayed his brother. People seem to have issues. Before we knew Christ, we all had issues. You can say amen from the comfort of your home. We all had issues. When we come to Christ, we start surrendering our lives to him, and he starts working in us. But there are people that that have issues buried deep within them, and they spring forth when they're triggered, when they're upset. Got to tell you this story. I was in front of picking up my mother-in-law from Fancy Fruit down the street. And I'm sitting there, and we're sitting in there in the car getting ready to make a right turn. There's two lanes, and there's a median, and there's two more lanes there on Goldenrod going the opposite way. So I'm sitting and waiting for my turn. I'm watching just the traffic, and uh, I'm just looking as traffic is starting to pile up a little bit on the other side of the median. So as I'm watching, I see that, There's a little fender bender happened right in front of me. One big car, hit another, but it wasn't very bad. It was just like a little tap of the uh, the fenders there. And and I'm thinking, oh, but I looked from afar. From my perspective, I'm like, there was barely any, there's no damage. It, It should be fine. The issue was this, that out of the cars hopped two ladies. Sorry, ladies. But it was two women that jumped out of the car and I was thinking, okay, they're gonna go and just check out the damage and just talk. Nope, they came out mad, screaming at each other, and as they they were running towards each other, and as they got close, just hands started flying. I'm thinking, dear God, is this really happening? And they were they started to fight right there, and just it happened instantaneously. I'm thinking, oh my God, is this this is crazy? And it wasn't; they weren't even like, you know. They, they were going at it. It was like, what's going on here? And then it was just weird. It was something kind of surreal. Then I see this guy running across, like running towards them. Like if he's going to stop the fight. And I'm thinking, okay, what's this guy going to do? And he had a big old smile on his face. I'm thinking, what? <laughs> he's excited about going and breaking up a fight between. He's going to lose an eye. There's no telling what's going on on, you know, on those nails, those ladies. I mean, he can... It it just takes a second and something crazy can happen. Try to explain that to his wife when he gets home. What's the matter with your face? Oh, I was breaking up a fight. It was was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. But that quick-temperedness is what the Word is telling us here. There's several reasons why we've got to keep control of our anger. One of them is that you just never know what's going to happen. We control ourselves, it's wisdom. The other thing is this, you never wanna get upset, jump out of your car, because you just never know who has some like ninja skills out there. I mean, people practice MMA fighting for fun. So the last thing we need is to get into an altercation, end up in a chokehold, and knocked out on the floor, drooling on ourselves because we thought we were big and bad. So there's advantages of keeping your cool. You never know who may know something a little bit more than you. People lose their lives due to a lack of self-control. I looked up just a few facts about AAA, uh, about road rage statistics. Just to give you some insight here, road rage is the leading cause of accidents. Over one-third of road rage cases involves firearms. 30 murders are attributed to road rage every single year. Eight in 10 drivers experience road rage. Two out of three traffic fatalities occur due to aggressive driving. I don't like these last two statistics, but I'm going to share with you uh, them with you. Anyways, it says here, men are more prone to road rage than women. Not in that one case I saw. But guys, we can keep it together in Jesus' name. And the last one is that teenage boys are most likely to exhibit signs. Of road rage, I have three boys. They're not teenagers yet, but I'm going to teach them the ways of the Lord, and uh, and and they're going to be driving that minivan because I'm not. They're not getting anything else for a while. Proverbs fourteen twenty nine says this: He who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. The other. thing that that impulsiveness crimes of passion they're defined as crimes committed under a sudden impulse dear god there's a reason why the word applies to every area of our lives there's a reason why we study it because we need to know and apply it and walk in it and live by it how can we be slow to wrath it's real simple understand what triggers you Understand what triggers you, what sets you off, what rubs you the wrong way that kind of just gets you going. Once we can identify that, then we can start working a plan on how to respond properly, properly the next time we're triggered. God wants us to grow, and the only way we grow is for us to be in situations where we can actually exercise what we learn. Be careful out there this week. Learning how to respond to those triggers are key. James 1.19 says this, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Swift to hear. God, help us to hear quickly. Help us to slow down enough just to, to hear what you're trying to say to us, to hear what others are trying to say to us. Slow to speak and slow to wrath. One last note here on Solomon as I just conclude this teaching. He's now ending the near, he's nearing the end of his life and he writes the book of Ecclesiastes. And and this book of Ecclesiastes, it's really the inspired writings of an uninspired man. He had gone through a, a lot of life and lived a lot of life and made a lot of bad decisions along with some very good wise ones. But in the last verse of this book of Ecclesiastes, he says this. It's found in uh, Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. It says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Here's the words, the last words of this, of the wisest man saying, Guys, this is the bottom line. When it's all said and done, This is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is man's all. Have you ever wondered what purpose, what what purpose am I here for, why? What, What am I trying to, what am I accomplishing here? What's my purpose? What's my plan for life? I just gave it to you, understand, fear God. Acknowledge God, acknowledge a creator and walk in His ways, in the Word that He's left us. Fear God and keep His commandments. When we start doing that, we start walking in the fullness of who He is. We start to walk in the fullness of the life that He wants us to live. So, family, let me just ask you, are you, are you fearing the Lord? are you in love with your father in heaven that you that you respectfully honor and live for him and and you love him with a holy love and respect or maybe you're not maybe you don't know him at all maybe you've never made a commitment to follow Christ as lord if you're there if you're you've reached this part of the service and and you can honestly say you know i'm not in right relationship with god i have not acknowledged jesus christ as lord i i'm not letting i'm not calling on him for my decisions i'm not acknowledging him in my life you can make a change to that right now just ask him to come into your heart ask the lord to forgive you of anything that you may have said or done that was out of line with his word and and receive that forgiveness acknowledge him as lord and and start walking out this this walk of faith. We would love to hear from you if you made a commitment tonight. What does that commitment look like? It's just a heartfelt prayer. Father in heaven, I repent. I believe that you gave your son for me. I want to do things right. Help me to live for you. And with that heart, with that heart attitude, with that attitude of humility, he comes in, he washes away all your sins and you can walk up and be a brand new creature in Christ. I'm going to pray for you in closing. And then Pastor John's going to just sing a song. Father in heaven, I pray, Lord God, for everyone watching. I pray that you just, that your word will go forth and not return void. That's a given, that's a promise. But I pray that if there's anyone watching that needs to make that commitment, that they will just acknowledge you as Lord. You're listening to them. Thank you for their lives. Thank you for them being there. And Father, I pray for the rest of your family that you just be with them and strengthen them and help them, keep them safe, continue to meet every single need. And Lord God, help us to live out Proverbs 14 each and every day. God bless you. We love you. Pastor John, you we're thankful we're thankful that we can trust you Lord God and that your wisdom is greater than any wisdom that we could know. Lord that is the conclusion of the matter that we trust you and that we we fear you we keep your commandments and that Lord you're you're going to be the director the director of our lives. so we submit ourselves again to you tonight we ask you to let this word just take root in our hearts Lord and and let us walk it out. as as we face the rest of this week and even the rest of our lives. We love you, we honor you, we bless you, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Have a wonderful rest of your week and we can't wait to see you here in the sanctuary or wherever you are watching our broadcast this weekend. God bless you and see you again very soon.